The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is sponsored in part by TripInsurance.com, making it easy to buy travel insurance at the best available price. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas today. Rob from CruisingExcursions.com answers some of your questions. And Richard Sims is going to stop by for Cruise News this week. Um, So we're in Cozumel, Mexico right now. In fact, uh, we're at the El Cid Resort right in front of our cruise ship, the MSC Maravilla. If you want to see some photos of this ship and what we've done so far, um, check out the Instagram and Twitter feed. Also, the Facebook group, Cruise Radio News. So I can't promise you we're going to have the best signal today because I'm on a kind of a group router, I guess you could say. I'm using the hotel's Wi-Fi. But um, we're going to do it because the show must go on. I just apologize in advance if it doesn't work as planned. Richard, are you there? I am, and I wish I could say I was there and on the beach. So we now know more about the Bolt roller coaster on Carnival Mardi Gras. We've known about the roller coaster for a while. It's obviously got a lot of people excited because this is the first time that a roller coaster is going to be on top of a ship. You know, it's that whole where will they go next thing. But now we know a little bit more about it. Um, appropriately enough, Christine Duffy, who's the president of Carnival Cruise Line, And Shaquille O'Neal, who's the chief fun officer, did a presentation during the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions Conference. And let me tell you, while most conferences sound boring, this is one I would definitely like to have gone to. While they were there, they gave us some more details, mainly about the ride vehicles themselves, because we've seen the renderings of the tracks. And we got a little bit of an idea of the ride vehicle. But what we know now is that they'll have red and blue racing stripes, which, of course, makes sense, given the colors of the carnival whale tail that we all know and love. It'll have a yellow lightning bolt down along the side. There'll be speakers in the car that I guess are going to sort of funnel in special effects, some sound effects, which if I had to guess, I'm assuming will be up sort of towards your head the way they do on one of the big coasters out at out at um, California Adventure in at Disney in California, because you don't want too much noise drifting down to the people who are trying to like, you know, sunbathe on the deck below. There's also going to be cameras all along the track and in the ride vehicle. And, you know, they're, they're going to be able to sell you photos of yourself having the time of your life riding on this thing. They also revealed some details about the water park. Uh, there'll be three water slides, an expanded sports square, and the longest ropes course in the entire fleet. All of that will be part of the ultimate uh, playground, which is going to be anchored by the Bolt Coaster. And, of course, Carnival Mardi Gras will be debuting in August of 2020 and heading over to North America in September of next year. So Celebrity Cruises is doing something cool to commemorate Women's Day in 2020. They are. Um, So on March 8th, they'll be doing a special sailing of Celebrity Edge with an entirely female bridge and hotel officer team. 
Uh, the whole crew will be headed up by Captain Kate McHugh, who you might remember, she was hired back in 2015 by Celebrity, and she kind of got a lot of attention around the world because, believe it or not, she was the first female to be hired as a captain of an American cruise ship. And that just, that seems kind of crazy. You, you, we just We just don't think of that being a glass ceiling, but it really is. Since then, Captain Kate, as she's known, has become ridiculously popular. She's been kind of inspirational to girls and women from around the world who, you know, might never have thought of this as a career opportunity for themselves. And that's kind of important when you realize. And to be honest, I never thought of this. I didn't realize it until I was sort of researching this story that only 2% of mariners are women. That's such a small percentage. So, you know, this is this is kind of a big deal. We actually had a chance to talk to both Lisa Latouf Perlow, who is the president of Celebrity Cruise Line, and Captain Kate McHugh, who's going to be heading up the ship during this special sailing. So, Lisa, what makes Celebrity Edge the perfect stage on which to have this very special day take place? A couple of reasons uh, that Edge is the perfect ship. First of all, it sails on March 8th, which is International Women's Day. Uh, It is our newest uh, ship. It's won four new Ship of the Year awards. Time Magazine's top 100 places in the world to visit for 2019. And oh, by the way, Captain Kate just happens to be the captain on Celebrity Edge. So it was a convergence of all of these things that made Celebrity Edge the perfect ship for us to do this major celebration of all of the amazing women that we have here at Celebrity Cruises on Celebrity Edge. And Kate, can you speak a little bit about being a role model for young girls who may not have thought of this as something they could pursue and how you use social media to reach out to them? I don't know if I would say that I'm a role model, but I have been given an incredible platform and I intend to use that for the good of getting um, both girls and boys interested in the incredible life of going to sea. Um, Going to sea offers a unique ability to see the world, experience different cultures, and really grow your mind. And so social media, I use that as a tool uh, where we can highlight all of those things and hopefully pique the interest of youth and even those that are just contemplating maybe changing a career into something where they'd like to explore the world and all that it has to offer. A big thank you to Captain Kate and Celebrities President Lisa Lutoff Perlow for stopping by to give us a couple of sound bites there. So Virgin Voyages revealed details on their very next ship. What do we have? This is kind of fun because we haven't even gotten to see the first ship yet. The Scarlet Lady will be debuting in you know early next year, but we now know some things about her sister ship. She's going to be named the Valiant Lady. She'll start sailing in May of 2021, whereas Scarlet will start sailing out of Miami in March of 2020. Unlike Scarlet Lady, which will be home-based here in the United States, she'll be sailing out of Miami. The Valiant Lady is actually going to be home-ported in Barcelona. They've got three different itineraries that she's going to be sailing, each of them seven days. And what's kind of cool is... Each of them is going to feature an overnight stay in a big, I'm very bad at saying this name, Ibiza. If you know anything about Ibiza, aside from how to pronounce its name, you know that this is kind of well known as like a party city. There's a lot of great nightlife there, um, fantastic beaches. So the fact that they're going to be doing overnights there on every sailing, um, they'll always be, the ships will leave on Sunday, I believe, and they will have their overnight in Ibiza on Friday. So you'll have a a nice kickoff into the last part of your trip there. 
And the bookings for all of these will be available starting in December. And this next story, it's been a long time coming, but we have more details on Norwegian Cruise Line's expansion over at Great Stirrup K. I feel like we have been waiting to learn to learn more about this forever. I mean, Perfect Day opened up and Ocean K, you know, their their delays they've been delayed a little bit in their opening, but I feel like we've been waiting to hear more about Norwegian's plans forever. I've been there twice since they started this and haven't really gotten much of a clue of what they're doing over there, but now we know. On November 19th, Norwegian Encore was the first ship to visit and get to actually go over and have some other guests check out the new area. It's called Silver Cove. If the Haven is a ship within a ship, this is sort of an island within an island. So, you know, you've got the whole of Great Stirrup Key, which is open to everybody. And then you've got this exclusive part on the other side. And it's going to be pretty swank, let me tell you. They've got a private beach. There's 38 villas, a spa, a champagne bar, a restaurant, and the villas are not like your normal cabana on a private island. These are sort of designed to mimic what you would see on the ship and specifically what you might see in the Haven. They range from studios to one and two bedroom villas. They've got full bathrooms. They've got TV with on-demand entertainment. I mean, I don't know why you're on a private island watching TV, but you can if you want to. They've got outdoor patios. Six of the one-bedroom villas have a bedroom with a king-size bed, and the two-bedroom family-style suite villas will have a private dining room, a spa tub. I mean, these things are going to be pretty tricked out. So it's open now and available for booking. And Royal Caribbean Blog is reporting a bunch of new Caribbean sailings coming online soon. So many. If you're the kind of person who wants to plan ahead, um, you know, because it's easier to spread out the payments and figure out your finances and start shoving money in jars or in your mattress or whatever, this is going to be exactly what you want to hear. So Royal announced a slew of sailings to the Caribbean. They're going to be for the 2021 and 2022 season. So all four Oasis ships are going to be sailing out of Florida. Oasis of the Seas and Symphony of the Seas will be going out of Miami, while Harmony and Allure will be sailing out of Orlando. These are seven-day or longer trips to the Caribbean. So the Royal Caribbean blog did say that there will be other shorter sailings being announced soon, including um, some for the Northeast, Canada, and Bermuda sailings that will come out on December 2nd, and shorter sailings to the Caribbean, which they're probably going to announce the week of December 16th. All these cruise lines are pumping out all these new ships like it's a competition there has to be a saturation point coming at some point soon i'd imagine i have to agree with you and it's interesting when you listen to the various executives talk on the quarterly report calls i like to i like to listen into those whenever possible they don't they don't worry about it they say you know if we keep building it people will keep coming and not only that but if you listen to them they talk about the fact that um despite so much new product coming on the market, they're still able to command top dollar. Yes, there are going to be cruises if you really look for them um, where you can find a great deal. But for the most part, there's just there's just a big demand. And this makes sense given that it seems to us as if like there's so many cruise ships, there's got to be a breaking point. But when you look at the actual business model, such a small percentage of Americans or people around the world really have actually gone on a cruise. So they're assuming that they can keep tapping into that market. And, you know, here's hoping. Listener question comes from Rusty. I heard that you can earn a free cruise with NCL's loyalty program. Is that true? 
Okay, so it is. It is possible to get a free cruise from Norwegian's loyalty program. Like with other loyalty programs, Norwegian's Latitudes program has different perks that you are available as you work your way up the scale. You know, each each sailing day that you sail, you get a point and you accrue those points and, you know, go through the various levels. They actually switched things up a couple of years ago to add some perks and they created a new level or two. And when they did that, they added the highest level, which is now ambassador. (laughs) That sounds so royal. And when you reach ambassador level, you do receive a complimentary one time only seven night cruise. Um, Now, I should warn you that to reach the ambassador level, you need to have 700 points. So, you know, by that point, you'll definitely have earned it. But that would be either 700 days at sea, or it could be a little less if you get like, sometimes they have offers where you get two points for a sailing, you know, two points per night, that kind of thing. But 700 points, I think by the time you've spent that much, you definitely deserve a free cruise. Richard, does Norwegian give double points if you sail solo? You don't, although um, that's sort of an issue. And it's an issue with all the cruise lines. Um, I've seen that discussed uh, with Carnival, with uh, Royal, with that, that people who sail solo, which I do, um, if we're going to have to pay double, we should probably get the double points. Now, with Norwegian, it's a little bit different because Norwegian is better than any other line with solo cruisers because they have those amazing solo studios and the, uh, and the, and the accompanying area that everybody can hang out in. So, you know, and they also, for the studios, you don't pay double price. But I think the rule should be if you're paying as much as somebody on the ship who is getting double points, then you should get double points. Yeah, I guess. But I've sailed two transatlantics on Carnival, one a 16 night and one a 14 night. And you know what? If I got double points, I would have um, oh a ship's horn. If I had double points on that sailing, I would uh, be at Carnival's top tier now. But whatever. You can't have it all right. And then you could brag to everybody about it. You know, no, I, don't brag about no, it, man, but I know I'm no. kidding. Are you I kidding? I can't wait right. to be ambassador. I'm going to make everybody at my office call me Ambassador Sims. Ambassador or staff writer, Richard Sims. Richard, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. 
If you have an Amazon Alexa enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. PJ just returned from a seven-night cruise on Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas. It was an Eastern Caribbean sailing out of Miami, and PJ joins us on the line. Hey, buddy. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good, man. So you're out there in Texas, and you did this seven-night Eastern on Allure. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. Yeah, so this satisfied a couple bucket list things for me. I've, I've been wanting to try an Oasis-class ship and try Royal Caribbean for the first time uh, for a while. And, I, and uh, being a, a private pilot and airplane nut, uh, visiting St. Martin has always been on my bucket list too. So this this kind of hit both both uh, panels there. So we started looking at uh, the Eastern Caribbean cruises, and and we were limited to that specific week for spring break for my kids' school. And so we were we were debating between Oasis and Allure, and uh, Allure kind of won out. We liked we liked that itinerary a little bit better. All right, so you make your way from Texas down to South Florida. Any pre-cruise time? Uh, no, we got in kind of late the night before, and we just stayed overnight. It, we um, really underestimated how much it would cost and how difficult it would be to get uh, airfare de- and decent flights to Florida for spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little eye-opening, but we were able to find a hotel and use points and, and, um, and get, get in there. So you get to the cruise terminal at Port Miami. How was embarkation? Actually, it was really good. I, I, I tried using the uh, the Royal app uh, to, to do the check-in, and unfortunately, when I got to the cruise terminal, I was unable to connect to the uh, internet. Um, just the data servers wasn't working in there. So we ended up having to go stand in line and get uh, the, the paper boarding passes. But once we did that, it was pretty quick and easy. I'd say probably about uh, 30 to 35 minutes from, from curb to ship. So this was your first time sailing Royal Caribbean. So what were your first impressions when you got on board Allure of the Seas? I was, it was really impressive. That Royal Promenade is beautiful. The ship itself is beautiful. I mean, you, you know, I mean, can, you can tell by comparisons and by videos how big the ships are, but you can't fully appreciate it until you see it yourself. And our, our previous crews had been on a, an 80,000 gross ton ship. Um, and so we, um, when we got to this one that's 225,000 tons, it was, it was pretty eye opening. And, you know, we could pretty much just put our old, our previous ship in the, uh, grand, the central park area of, the, of this one. What was your previous one, Disney? Yeah, it was, uh, Disney Wonder was uh, one we just did a few months before. This. Okay. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what were your thoughts of it? Oh, man, we, we lucked out on this one. This was um, uh, hit the jackpot here. This We booked an ultra-spacious ocean view, and I just came across it by accident, um, looking and seeing, oh, what's this, what's this space in the corner here? And it was a corner stateroom on, the, on, on deck 11 forward. It was a this ocean view stateroom and, and you know, charged at that rate. But this place, this thing was huge, Doug. It was it was the size of easily the size of two staterooms. It had a separate little um, alcove closet room with a couple of bunks in it for, for the kids to sleep in where we could draw a curtain and have some privacy. Um, and it had a big walk-in closet, too. It was really great. So was this one of the staterooms that was, like, less desirable than, like, someone wouldn't want to book it? Or, like, why was it available? Uh, you know, I don't know. We booked pretty far in advance. So, I mean, there's still a good bit of availability on the ship. But, um, yeah, when I when I looked, I just happened to see that category and clicked on it. And I was just amazed that it was available. There, I, I can't think of anything that was undesirable about it. We yeah. were right below the navigational bridge. And so there wasn't any noise from above. We were on – we had a – two portholes looking out at the ocean, um, which was pretty much the only connection to the sea we have on that ship. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was, um, I don't know, we really just lucked out on it. And 
Um, I did film a little tour and put it on my YouTube channel if I can make a little shameless plug there. Yeah, yeah, I'll link to it in the show notes for sure. Um, let's talk about the food on the allure of the seas. Of course, so many dining options on this class of ship. So we'll start oh, in the main dining room. What time dining did you have and how was your experience? We did late dining and this was our first time to try it. We, we, we had done early dining on, on all of our previous cruises and, and on the Disney cruise, we, we realized that we were kind of rushing um, when we got back from port to try to get ready for dinner and get to the dining room on time. And so we decided to try the late dining this time around. It worked out really well, especially with, with our kids. Um, the, the service staff we had was great. Uh, I thought the food was, was good. Um, nothing really stands out as particularly memorable that I have to go back and have again or, or, um, or something that, anything that was particularly bad, but it was just good, solid food and, and great selections, I thought. Since this was your first time sailing Royal Caribbean, how would you compare their food against like Carnival or Disney? I'd say better than Carnival, not as good as Disney. Okay, fair enough. And then how about the Windjammer Marketplace? That was one of the few places on the ship where it truly felt there really are 6,000 passengers on this on this behemoth. Um, they, they got really crowded a lot of times. I found that it was uh, they closed the each side, you know, at weird different times. And, you know, you go up at lunchtime and one side of the buffets closed down, which is kind of strange. But uh, the food itself, I thought was really good. I thought there was really good selection. Um and and the quality was was really good. It's just I, it, the crowds, especially um, in the morning times, really just kind of uh, kept me away from part of it and trying out other other venues. And then, as far as like specialty dining or Johnny Rockets or anything like that, did you experience any of those venues? Yeah, so we, we did some other complimentary venues on board. So we 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 did the Serenos Pizza, which I thought was really solid. Um, I did the Bordeaux Dog House, which I thought was really good. Um, the park cafe, I think is, is one of the best kept secrets out there that I'm about to let out here, but, uh, they have these breakfast taquitos that are really, really tasty. Um, the specialty dining that we did, uh, was we did the chef's table one night and that's kind of, uh, my wife and I's thing. We consider ourselves to be, you know, pseudo foodies. And, um, we try to do the chef's table if it's offered on any cruise that we do. And, um, you know, we, we typically do it on, on carnival and that's a great experience. And this one, I think kind of surpassed it. I loved how, uh, they take you up to the um, the Crown and Anchor Lounge and uh, up to the second floor there, and you have there's only about 16 people there, and you have a private waiter and a private chef preparing stuff for you, and it, you have about five course meal, and every course had a different wine pairing with it. So you think it was worth the price? Absolutely, yeah. We're I mean anything from having you know fresh lobster on a salad to um, you know a, a Chilean sea bass for a main course or a, a, a tenderloin. Um, it was it was just all excellent from from start to finish. How was the entertainment on this seven night cruise? I love the entertainment on board here. I thought the we we got to see the three big shows. So we saw the the Aqua Theater show. We saw the ice show, both the um, the ice games and the How to Train Your Dragon on Ice. Um, and we saw both of the main theater shows, the the Mamma Mia and um, Blue Planet. I thought all of it. The talent was really top notch. I thought the uh, the the technical parts of it were great. Uh, we were pretty amazed by the the Blue Planet, just the kind of acrobatic feats that that they were doing, and as well as the um, Aqua Show too. That was, it was just incredible. Uh, as far as live music around the ship, um, enjoyed the offerings there. Uh, one in particular is a, there's an older guy uh, named Charlie Jordan who's playing a 12 string guitar, uh, just taking requests and telling stories and, and having a good time in the Irish pub, and that was one of my favorites from the trip. Does Allure have the stowaway piano player? No, not that I've seen. Okay. 
And I was wondering if that's uh that might just be a quantum class thing or maybe a newer Oasis class thing. Not really sure. So how about the ship during sea days as far as crowds and congestion? But if things got pretty crowded, mm-hmm. um, especially you know, during thing breakfast and lunchtime, um, the the pool deck I found to be pretty crowded almost all the time. Uh, for the most part, though, it was pretty easy to get around. Central Park, there's almost always a place to sit down and relax and enjoy the, the, the scenery um, and, and the, the, the piped-in bird songs and everything like that. Um, boardwalk, there's always places to hang out. Um, the Royal Promenade was, was easy to walk through. It just it got a little crowded anytime there was like one of the parades or anything like that. But um, overall, I think it was, it was um, handled itself pretty good. You have two kids. Did they go to the kids' program at all? They did, yeah, and so they, they, they definitely enjoyed it. Um, my little one even opted to stay there instead of going to port one day, so we'll, we'll, we can talk about that a little bit. But the um, they did do the Adventure Ocean program. Um, you know, they have some different times where they close, and, and um, one, one knock I'll have against them is I know there's a lot of activities in which require a lot of coordination, but they seem to be no coordination between when the adult activities were and when the kids' clubs were open. So we found ourselves having to cut some of the other activities short or show, try to show up late to activities um, because we had to go drop off or pick up the kids um, and, and adhere to the kids' club times. So that was that's kind of, that was a little frustrating. Um, also, with, with a ship that size and so many people, you really have to get to activities a little early in order to get a good spot, and that um, uh, can cut into some of the time you, you would have to do other activities. How about the seed? Um, let me see. With the kids program, um, I'm not sure how old your kids are, but do they give you like a pager or anything when you drop them off? Our kids are are six and four, and so they're above the age where they give out the pagers. Uh, but this was their first cruise where they were in separate areas of the kids club because they they separate them by the age group, uh, which I think they handled pretty well. They're both have been in daycare and, and, and school for for a couple of years now, and so they're they're used to being apart from each other and and being that kind of of you know open play preschool environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did really well with that. But um, no, we did not get a pager for them for this one. Let's talk about the ports of call you hit on this seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing. So what we'll do here is give us the port of call and then a highlight and then move to the next one. We did three ports of call. Our first one was St. Martin. Um, like I said, it was always a kind of a bucket list for me. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't make it there until after the hurricane did. And so um, there's still, even about a year later, quite a bit of devastation from the hurricane. Um, we did an island tour through Bernard's Tours and, and went all over the uh, the French side and the Dutch side. And we did hit the uh, Maho Beach, um, which is a lot smaller now than it used to be, I guess, and, and um, a lot more crowded than I anticipated. But definitely glad I checked it off the bucket list. Got to see a couple of big jets come and go, and that was a lot of fun. Um, on uh, San Juan, um, just kind of did my own thing. Um, my wife and, and daughters and, and my in-laws who were with us, I'll kind of walked around Old Town San Juan, and I, I hoofed it over to uh, Fort uh, El Moro uh, by myself because I'm basically the only one in my party that's interested in that kind of thing. But I did a self-guided tour of uh, El Moro, and I got some a great iced coffee at a uh, little kiosk um, in, in Old San Juan, and then went and got the obligatory selfie on the Umbrella Street and head back to the ship. Back to Maho Bay at St. Martin. Were you able to tell that there was hurricane damage at the beach or bar, or is all that pretty much repaired now? The Sunset Bar seemed to be uh, in full swing and fully rebuilt. Uh, so, no, I did not notice any damage there at all. Um, the beach itself, I don't know how big it was beforehand, but the, it, was, it was maybe 20 or 30 feet from the road to the, to the ocean. And so it was not a whole lot of space there, and it was pretty steep downslope to, to get there. So I, I'm guessing a lot of it had been washed away. 
but I mean, and there's just, there's full of people that didn't stop people from going there and hanging out and partying and, and, and just having a big crowd. So that worked pretty well. And then our third stop was, um, Labadee, which is, uh, their private uh, destination on Haiti. And, uh, that was just a beach day for us. Um, our younger daughter is, is not a particular fan of sand in the beach. So she actually asked if she could stay on board and do uh, adventure ocean instead of coming out with us. And, um, it was our first time doing that, which worked out really, really well. She got, taken care of very well. She got fed and she had just a blast and, and loved it and still asked about trying to go back on a ship so she could do that again. Um, and then for the rest of us, we, um, had rented a clamshell and, um, on the beach and, and did uh, some swimming and snorkeling and, um, enjoyed some lava doozies and, and just had a good day of it. Good day of it. I will say that, um, one knock against it is, is the whole lunch situation, especially with, with the ship, the size of, of the allure on there, um, was just, really disorganized and, and um, an incredibly long line to get there. And then by the time we got into the line, most of the food had been kind of picked over at that point. And you wanted to do the zip line in Labadee. Actually, are you cool if we talk about this or would you rather me not? Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. So okay. uh, the activities on Labadee, there's a lot of fun stuff to do with the zip line and everything. I was uh, looking forward to doing it and my, my in-laws even offered to do it as a gift. Um, but uh, those of the cruisers of, of substantial size like myself should, should be warned that um, there is a 275 pound weight limit on that, which I'm just a little bit over. So, uh, and they do have a scale right there weighing people as you sign up. And so unfortunately I was not able to do the zip line this time around, but, uh, it's uh, definitely allowed me to set a goal for, for weight loss so I can go return and do that again sometime. That's great motivation, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you get the drink package or a Wi-Fi package? So my wife and I did not. My, I, I could probably put away that many drinks to make it worthwhile and, and break even. Um, my wife probably could not. So gotcha. we, we still did enjoy drinks as we went along. Also, they weren't really readily checking to see that, that my in-laws who did get the drink package weren't just passing drinks along to other people. Um, so we, we took advantage of that a little bit too. Um, but um, yeah, we just paid for drinks as we went along for the most part. And then uh, the... Um, Wi-Fi package, we did not get that. I'm, I'm one that I work in technology on, on a day-to-day basis, and one of my favorite parts of cruising is being completely unplugged from the outside world and getting to live in a bubble for a week. So um, I purposely do not get the Wi-Fi packages. Back to the ship in the casino. How was the smoke in and around the casino? You know, we... The ship is great design in that the casino is down on deck four underneath the Royal Promenade. So it's not like a lot of carnival ships or other ships where you have to go through the casino to get anywhere. Um, And so I was able to kind of purposely avoid it. I'm not a big gambler. And so the couple times I was down by the the ice rink, which is right outside the casino, I did smell a little bit of smoke. But um, and there's one time I did go through it and I kind of held my breath. But so I think in the in the casino itself during, you know, peak sea day hours, uh, it got pretty smoky. But um it wasn't oppressive and you didn't really get it outside the casino. All right. So you make your way back to Port Miami. How was debarkation? Uh, it was actually really smooth. So we were thinking one of the later groups to be called and um, we just kind of walked right off the ship and they, they didn't, they had the uh, facial recognition for customs. So we didn't have to even pull out a passport. We just walked up, looked at the camera and said, all right, you're good to go. And we went back in. So that was, that was really smooth. Um, what we had done for ground transportation is so we did a couple one-way car rentals between the airport and, and um, the port um, or the downtown rental location near the port. So what I ended up doing was taking Uber by myself over to the rental car agency, getting a car and coming back for the family, which all worked out pretty well, too. Okay, so just I've never done this before in Port Miami. So the actual rental agency, it's not on the port property? That is correct. Yeah, it's about um, 
about a mile and a half away. Mm-hmm. So um, it, if you come out of the port area, you make a left head south, and it's about you know three or four blocks down there. Okay. Um, and we were at we were at Terminal A, so that was at the very end of the port property. So definitely not not yeah. walkable by any means, and they don't offer shuttle service with the uh, with the sixty car rental that we used. So um, it was easy five or six dollar uber ride to get over to the to the um rental car agency grab the car and head back in and we did the same thing on the inbound too we i dropped the kid the wife and kids off at the terminal i went and uh, turned in the car and i got an uber back what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you uh the room for for one was it was a, a huge highlight uh for me that was really great um, I, you know, honestly really enjoyed just chilling back and listening to, uh, Charlie Jordan play in the, um, in the Irish pub and then just seeing, um, you know, the kids was really enjoying that the, the rock wall and, um, uh, some of the other activities on board. I do lament that, that I didn't pay more attention and realize there weren't any water slides on board. Um, at this point, I know they're getting some, I think in their, in their refurb coming up. Um, the kids would have really liked that. Also, people with small kids should know that there is a hard uh, limit of six years old uh, for for the age minimum for the um, for Rockwall and I think some of the other activities too. Uh, so that they did be be aware of that. Um, but yeah, so the highlight I think was seeing my older daughter do the Rockwall really well, and then and then the stateroom and and um, Charlie Jordan. Great info. Any other tips? Yeah, just the, the one more um, tip is is that make sure you book your entertainment options early and uh, do it through the cruise planner because there's some really, really long lines for the standby um, visitors for the different shows. And so definitely make sure you, you do that. Um, and that way you can make sure you get a seat and, and, um, and you know, get there early so you can get a decent seat when you get in there. In closing, final thoughts of Allure of the Seas. You know, this this wasn't our favorite cruise. It, it was a lot of fun. And, and you know, a, a, a mediocre day on a cruise ship is way better than a, than a, a good day at work. Um, but, uh, my, my biggest knocks against it were that there's just not really any connection to the ocean at all. So I, I, lo- I liked a lot of the venues. I liked the boardwalk. I liked the central park. I liked the Royal promenade, but I felt like I was at a nice resort and not on a cruise ship at all. Um, and that, that's the one kind of complaint I have about it. So, you know, if someone were to offer me a free cruise on a, a Oasis class again, absolutely. Yeah, I would take it. But it, uh, it's not high on the list for me to do do one of those again. I'd like to try a different class of Royal Caribbean ship or, and do some other cruises in the future. PJ, thanks for sharing this seven-night Eastern Caribbean review of Allure of the Seas. I sure appreciate it. My pleasure, and thanks for all you do, Doug. We really appreciate you. We love receiving your cruise excursion questions. Fielding today's questions is Rob from CruisingExcursions.com. Hey, Rob. Hey, Doug. How you doing? First question comes from Nicole going to Crete next summer. What do you suggest? Okay, wonderful. Um, so we have two of our essential collection tours um, that I would recommend for Crete. And they both offer two very con- uh, tra- contrasting views of Hania and the surrounding areas of Crete. So the first tour I'd recommend is our essential collection Hania Town and Surroundings Tour. So it's a four-hour excursion and it focuses on the port town of Hania itself. So after being met at the port, you'll start your tour with a visit to a 16th century monastery um, known as Chrysopigi. It's now used as a nunnery, and since about the 1970s, you'll have the chance to go there, take some photos at the viewpoint, and it's against the backdrop of the Sea of Crete, and it's just placed on this tiny little peninsula on the edge of the, um, the island. It's absolutely gorgeous, and it is the most photographed building in all of Crete itself, which when you go there and you see some of the scenery and some of the buildings that they have, 
it's quite amazing to think really because this tiny little nunnery that just sits on the edge of the ocean is just captivating it really is beautiful um so you're taking a visit there and then when you move back into Hania itself, you're going to visit the old quarters, um, the ancient harbour and the 15th century lighthouse and really get a feel for like typ- typical Hanian life and the Cretan life there. And you would have a, a walking door of Hania itself as well. And the actual town is surrounded by Venetian fortifications. And some of these can actually still be seen. So you know, if you are into your history, I mean, it's certainly certainly full of history and, and steeped in that so it's going to be a bit interesting for for all customers really and there's a little bit of everything on that tour and then we have a separate tour which is what i always recommend um offers a completely different pace of day um to the other tour that i just mentioned and it's our essential collection quaint crete and wine tasting tour now it's perfect for those people that want to kind of have a very relaxed day um kind of a bit more luxury on the tour and and kind of just taking just a nice chilled out chilled out day at a winery. So with this tour, you'd be obviously be met at the port with the majority of our tours. And you're taken to Duracus Winery, where you'll spend your tour with a local expert. They'll guide you through the processes used to produce the wines, you know, the history of the winery itself and its main philosophies. But of course, the important part, no trip to a winery is complete without the tasting. Mm. So after you've had your tour of the vineyards and the history of the uh, winery, you then sit down to sample some wines, selection of five wines from the winery. They'll be served with some uh, traditional delicacies and nibbles just to, to pair along with the flavours of the wine. And that'll all be against some gorgeous views against the Cretan countryside um, and the vineyard itself. And obviously, once you've taken this four-hour tour, it's a nice relaxing journey back to the port for you to join the ship so from those two tours they're completely different and offering a two very contrasting views of Hania so it's something for everyone really if they want to take in um, you know the surrounding areas and the town and get a feel for the history then of course take our Hania town and surroundings tour if they want something a little little bit more relaxed uh, maybe luxurious take the Quake Crete and a wine tasting tour Next question comes from Randy, and it's a question we get a lot. Does cruising excursions have guarantees in place behind the excursions they sell? Of course. So this is a question we get asked every single day ourselves, and we certainly do. Our main guarantee is that we'll have you back to the shipping time for your departure, okay? Which is obviously everyone's main concern when you're going with an independent company. But we have never missed a ship in the 10 years we've been trading now. And that equates to around about 250,000 passengers taking tours with ourselves. And every single one of them, we've returned back to the ship on time for their departure. But of course, you know, we do have plans in place should we fail to do so. So if we fail to get you back to the ship, we will get you to your next port of call in time with your sailing, completely at our own expense. And that would include any travel, food, hotel stays, clothing, anything like that. But of course, it's not in our best interest to use that guarantee. We won't want to cause that disruption to any customers. And, um, and we've never had to use it in the 10 years we've been trading. What about for bad weather? Okay, so for bad weather, in the case of a non-porting or something like that, then of course, if you had a tour booked in, say, Hania, and you didn't port there, then of course we would offer a full refund. Now, if the itinerary was changed and you were going to maybe a different port of call, we would see if we could offer an alternative tour in that new port of call. If there was no amendment to the itinerary and you were just simply skipping that port, then of course a a full refund would be given for that tour. Kevin has the next question. We're stopping in Monte Carlo. Is there anything to do there aside from gambling? There certainly is. Um, so, of course, you know, Monaco is famous for the casino, fast cars, the billionaire lifestyle, but there's so much more to the French Riviera than all of that. 
So our essential collection, Monaco Monte Carlo, Ez, and the Turby excursion, gives you a little taste of everything that the Riviera has to offer. So it's a six-hour excursion, and first of all, it will take you to the medieval village of Ez. From there, you'll have the chance to explore this charming little town, and it is like something just out of a fairy tale. Um, it's got the little like church on top of the hill, um, and it's absolutely stunning there. So you take a trip through all the cobbled streets and the alleyways, and the place is absolutely steeped in history, and the guide will be giving you that information, so you'll have lots to take away from there. From Ez, you will then move to Fragonar, where you visit a local perfume factory, and just see the processes used there. Um, it's only a brief stop around about 30 minutes, but it's quite interesting. I found it fascinating there myself. You'll then pass through the village of La Turbie, which is known for its uh, famous monument, the Trophy of the Alps. And you'll pass through that, and the, uh, the guide will be giving you lots of commentary um, around about the uh, surrounding area of La Turbie. Of course, on your arrival into Monaco, the first stop is at the lavish, as you can imagine, uh, Prince's Palace. And the first stop is for the changing of the guards. Now, this takes place every day at precisely 11.55am. Now, I'm not sure if you've seen the change of the guards in London or something like that, but it's quite a sight to see, and it's no different here in Monaco. Now, that takes place at 11.55, as I say, and we do strive to make sure the tour runs to the timings and make sure we're there for that, but it cannot be guaranteed. Now, it could be a case of traffic or something like that that may cause a disruption, but we do strive to get you there for the changing of the guards because it is, as I say, quite a sight to see. And from there, once you've spent time at the palace, you'll then explore more of Monaco itself, scenes at Nicholas Cathedral, um, the casino, of course, where you'll see all the expensive sports cars lined up, the world-famous Hotel de Paris, and the iconic Monaco Opera House built in the 19th century, which is an absolutely stunning building. And once you've spent the little walking tour of Monaco there, you'll then venture on to the Monaco Gardens, where you can have a little leisure time and relax, and taking those gorgeous gardens there. And of course, the tour would end then with a return back to the port, driving through the streets of Monaco and through the chicanes made famous by the Formula One. So again, it's going to give you that little bit extra as well. feel like you're in your little F1 car. And it really is a wonderful tour of Monaco and the Riviera. And of course, not a casino chip in sight on this tour. <laughs> One of the biggest concerns for North American travelers is the whole language barrier. So are all of your tours with English-speaking guides? Yes, certainly. Um, so our tours, as standard, are led in English. And our tour guides are selected for their knowledge, their professionalism, you know, and, and they live and breathe what they do. They have a real passion for travel and, and being a tour guide. So yes, the tours will be in English. Are the tours over at Cruising Excursions, like, are they that much cheaper than the cruise line prices? So that's something, that, of course, you know, we get, we get asked every single day. And that's what we aim. We aim to be a cheaper alternative than booking online, um, on board, sorry, with the cruise lines, but still providing those same high-quality high tours. And we have the guarantees in place that I mentioned previously. So you're getting all the same things that would be offered by the cruise lines tours, just at a fraction of the price. So it's definitely worth taking a look. You know, if you, if you get your information from the cruise line, have a look at what we can offer. Now see if we've got any similar tours that may be of interest to you. And you will find that they're of a, a substantial saving. Megan is sailing on Norwegian Jade, and she wants to know if you offer any multi-port discounts. Um, as Megan asked there, we do have the multi-port packages. And we have these for the majority of sailings. So when you search for sailing on the website, you will see um, a selection of discounted packages. And it's a nice, easy way to make the most of, of your time in each destination and get a really good tour for each one of your ports of call. And of course, by still getting that saving as well. But you can also create your own packages by selecting uh, two or more of the essential collection tours and simply adding those to your basket on the website. 
you will then see a discount has been accrued. So you can mix, mix and match those tours, you know, get the ideal itineraries for yourself and your family. And again, you're still not missing out on that discount as well. We've been talking with Rob from CruisingExcursions.com. Rob, thank you so much for answering the questions and providing some clarification for us. You're very welcome, Doug. A pleasure as always. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. ba 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 da ba da Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at CruiseRadio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.